Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Colleen. My name is Bridget. And we have a guest on today that has been on the show before. We love it. Every time she comes to visit, it's Dr. Heather Hirsch. And Dr. Heather Hirsch is a certified internist practicing private telemedicine at Heather Hirsch MD. She's also written a book recently called Unlock Your Menopause Type, Personalizing Treatments, The Last Word on Hormones, and Remedies That Work. The first time we spoke with Dr. Hirsch was, I believe, season one. And at the time, she had just opened the Midlife and Menopause Clinic at Harvard's Brigham and Women's Center. And now she is on her own. And you may recognize her because she was recently on the Oprah discussion on menopause. We were so excited when we saw that Dr. Hirsch and Dr. Malone, two previous guests, were on Oprah's platform discussing all the information on menopause. We're so happy for her. She's doing such an amazing job with spreading the word on menopause. And today we're going to talk to her about her new book that just came out. As I mentioned, Unlock Your Menopause Type. And in doing all of this research, she has discovered that there are six types of menopause that she kind of sees in her practice. The first one being the premature menopause type. Then there's the sudden menopause type the full throttle menopause type, the mind-altering menopause type, the seemingly never-ending menopause type, and the silent menopause type. Now, I fall into the mind-altering menopause type. What about you, Bridget? Oh, I am full throttle. I'm kind of a combo, though. So full throttle and the never-ending. Now, I will say full throttle, yes, that it was like every symptom. And she'll talk about that in there, you know, hot flash. Is not the people listen to our podcast before you know how many hot flashes I would get in a day. And I'm much better because I am on menopause hormone replacement. And in, that has really helped me. I was a good candidate for it. But there are still times that things are still happening, you know, that brain fog, just like you said, mind altering and different things mm -hmm. like that happen. I still will get a hot flash every once in a while. I'll still every once in a while have trouble um, in the middle of the night, wake up with a night sweat, or I will just, you know, have trouble sleeping. So you're, you know, so it's kind of never ending. But uh, for me personally, hormone therapy has really helped me. In the book, she does do a menopause type quiz. So you answer the questions and you figure out what you kind of fall into. She gives you options that are more holistic based, more medicinal based, because every woman is different and all we want are options with our doctors. And it was really, really helpful. So before we get started, we just want to remind you guys that our event, October 8th at the Nashville Graduate Hotel, the event is called Conversations with Prime Women. We have some amazing guests, including Mindy Cohn, Leah Thompson, and Melissa Gilbert. We have experts on menopause, experts on longevity and uh, precision medicine. We have style and, and beauty, you name it. We want you to come to the event and feel seen and heard, have a great time, and take home an awesome goodie bag. If you want more information, just go to www.conversationswithprimewomen.com. The tickets are also on sale 
at Eventbrite. Let's get started talking about our menopause types. Welcome back, everyone. We have on the show today one of our favorite people. She has been such a wonderful friend to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, and now she's a friend of Oprah's and Kelly (laughs) and Mark's and Dr. Heather Hirsch. Welcome back to the show. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to see all the things that you guys are doing and have been doing. And so I'm excited to be here. Your new book is out. And the title of your book is Unlock Your Menopause Type, Personalized Treatments, The Last Word on Hormones and Remedies That Work. And it is fantastic. It is fantastic. Yes, I'm yes. so excited for people to like give me feedback because like the instantaneous feedback you get on Instagram or TikTok, it is so polarizing to the two years I've been working on this with no feedback, you know? Oh, it, no, I thought it was incredible. I wish, I always say I wish I'd had it when I was in Perry because it is so yeah. informative and just everything in there. I mean, you've got different methods that you could treat the different types. And we'll talk about those in a minute, but also nutrition solutions, uh, non-hormonal solutions, hormonal solutions, if that is something that you want. Just everything in there, it's very comprehensive. And I think it's going to be such a great benefit to women that we just really needed a book like this. Oh, well, thank you. It it was a kind of crazy undertaking. Like (laughs) all of the things that I have been learning from over the last couple of years as I've ventured into entrepreneurship is like niche down and focus on one thing and target one area. And so for this book, I was like, I'll help everyone, you know, whether it's HRT or it's non-hormonal or it's over the counters or it's the best supplements or what's hogwash, Uh, you know, it's incredible to think about how much is in there. And I really am also like a lot of people, my harshest critic. And every time I read through it, I'm always like, wow, like how how did we do this? So much credit goes to my writer, Stacey Kalino, who wrote the book with me. Her she's on the cover of the book. Um, because the, the credit really needs to go where credit's due. And while I gave her so much content and so many ideas, the way she packed everything in there, she is such a big part of how we got this in here so nicely. We read, obviously, a lot of books on menopause. That's just one of our job requirements. And I can honestly (laughs) say that this is probably one of, if not the most comprehensive menopause books that I have read, honestly, because you take a very matter-of-fact approach as if I'm talking to a doc- my doctor, like as if I'm coming to see you personally with questions. And you start off by saying, okay, let's talk about what menopause is and what it's not. Let's talk about the myths and let's myth bust, which is so important because as I was reading those myths, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we get a lot of listeners talk about this. Yes, we get a lot of listeners yeah. talk about that. Yeah. And then you go into the six different types that you see most frequently, and then you go into hormonal and non-hormonal treatments. And it's just so incredibly comprehensive. I thought maybe we could start with the beginning about menopause and why you wanted to start the book with just kind of structuring what menopause is, what it's not, and, and about the myths that women come into your office complaining about. 
a lot of times when I am talking to my patients or students or anyone on social media, I'll kind of, you know, forget that some of the, uh, what seems to be basic or obvious definitions, you know, are very confusing. For example, what is the difference between the menopause transition and postmenopause? What is the difference between bioidentical HRT and just whatever else there is, right? When is perimenopause, uh, what is it defined by? What? When does menopause end? So these really basic understanding of your body is actually the core thing that I think as women, we're all missing. It's like, what are these changes? How do they happen? And how do they work? And so I think one of my gifts that I have accepted is that um, with joy is that I have this great ability to take comprehensive physiology or research and explain it in a way that makes sense. And so hopefully those that first part of the book, you know, explaining what is menopause, what is what it's not, you know, taking out some of the hogwash so that, you know, you, you don't have to worry about balancing your hormones postmenopausally or or things that you hear a lot on social media. And then breaking down some of these really common myths kind of then set yourself up to like get ready to get on your path, get some resolution, get your priorities straightened, get treatment. Yeah, I, I agree though too. It was something that was so easily readable. And and you explain, even when you use big terms, like you, I now I can't even say it. You're a genitinic, I can't even say yeah, it. Yeah, right. GSM. Bridget, just GSM. Good old GSM. You acknowledge, yes, this is hard to say, but this is what it is. Yeah. And it, it just was really great just to understand not only if I knew what type I was because you have a quiz in there to figure <laughs> out what type you are. And yep. I kind of knew it anyway, but I was like, I'm going to do this quiz anyway, because I think that's really cool to do. Yeah. And um, just to also as a woman to learn about the other types, because then when you get around with your other friends and you can talk to them and you can help each other out, you know, I thought that was great. You know, that's one of the, that's one of my secret joys of this book is that I hope that makes it so shareable and really helps to open dialogue with kind of this fun, like, oh, what's your type? Oh, I was the mind altering. Woo. Oh yeah. I remember that. What was your type? I was the silent type. Oh, well, you still have things you need to think about. Like, I <laughs> hope that, um, you know, not only is it informative for the woman reading it, but that it's something that would make for just such a fun book club because we always say, you know, all of us in this space is that one of the things that's going to help is opening the dialogue. So I hope, I really hope that my book does that. I can't wait to see uh, sort of how this unfolds in the next couple of weeks and months. Well, let's talk about the six types. Well, number yeah. one, the premature menopause type. Can you tell us about that and why it became one of the six categories? You know, the premature menopause type is uh, so near and dear to my heart because what's really unique about this is that for women who are certainly under age 40 and also age under age 45, the, the actual definitions are premature and then early menopause, respectively. The literature, the science, the data, whenever you Google menopause, it truly doesn't apply 
to this group. It's a completely different physiologic process. Now, it's not like uh, they're kind of the same thing, like diabetes and uh, hypertension are both cardiovascular diseases. So these are kind of both like endocrinopathies, but diabetes and hypertension are still different. So premature menopause is physiologically, psychologically very different. The gold standard of care is hormone replacement therapy because without it, you're at increased risks for more diseases. And so it becomes less of, I guess I could, you could say like a choice and more of a definitive treatment plan. And of course, the biopsychosocial of that woman's life is completely different while her friends are trying to get pregnant or breastfeeding. You know, she's now in menopause. And this happens to 5% of the population. I, I honestly either... It's more and it's underrepresented, which is probably true, or I just see it because you know patients seek me out, so I have that sort of bias of being a menopause expert doctor. But uh, you know that it's not completely um, it, 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 you know rare to the point where it's just this very unique thing. And nowadays, because of and a lot of times there can be a combination, as we'll talk about, sudden, often from surgery or chemo. But for now, women who are selecting to risk reduce for cancers because we can easily find more genetic mutations that put women at higher risk, you know, they find themselves in these premature menopause types. So it may even be slightly increasing. Plus, there's also, uh, you know, a phenomenon of having children later in life. And while I don't necessarily know that that definitely puts a woman at higher risk for premature menopause. I do see a trend of, you know, maybe assisted reproductive technologies or infertility treatment, and then maybe a sooner menopause or a sooner perimenopause. And so the premature menopause type is really so different because for so long, I think these women and doctors just used data on natural menopause and applied it to them. And that should not be the case. Right. And you make the distinction very clear that that is truly hormone replacement therapy and not menopause uh, hormone replacement yes, yeah, actually, hormone this, therapy. Yes, yes, yes. yes. When I, when I, you know, when I teach my students, um, like my, my healthcare providers class, you know, HRT is, is what we always say. It's, it's even probably what I say on social media, but that's really the hormone replacement therapy is really for our younger women and HT or hormone therapy is what you use for natural menopause. Again, that's such an important distinction, but one that most of us would not even know. And it's so important. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, the more information that we have as lay people, when we go into our doctors, the more help we're going to get. The Because yeah. we're going to be able to ask the right questions. So this that kind of leads us into the second one, which is the sudden menopause type. And that's usually surgery or chemo. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yes. You know, this... Um, group of women for whom uh, are undergoing chemotherapy, pelvic radiation, usually this sudden is a, actually premature menopause or premature ovarian insufficiency. In a lot of those cases, unless it's surgical, there is some perimenopause in there. And this book leaves room hint, hint, for maybe a perimenopause book down the road, but because this book is very focused on menopause. But in sudden, it's like going, 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 boom, you're in menopause the next day. You wake up in menopause after your surgery or you get that first infusion of chemo and your ovaries are like, okay, we're close. 
shop here. And so it's this very sudden uh, sensation or Lupron, which is a medication we use for endometriosis. Um, you know, and sudden it can be a big shock to the system because there's no perimenopause. And if there's any biological reason for perimenopause, it's to slowly get your body prepared for menopause while still... <laughs> Prepared is in quotations because sometimes it doesn't you know, necessarily, it's not what it's actually doing or feeling like. Um, but I think that's its sort of biological uh, mechanism. But sudden, and not only that, but now the biopsychosocial is, you know, is my life at risk? Um, what about my health? Um you know, women could be suffering from uh, side effects from chemo and, and put into menopause, anxiety uh, from uh, a new diagnosis and put into menopause, uh, suffering from chronic pelvic pain and put into menopause now uh, with Lubron uh, and all sorts of uh, other um you know, things that are going on in a woman's life can really impact menopause. And this group in particular of all the groups may have the most women who are not good candidates for HRT. And what's so important about sudden menopause or women who aren't candidates is that it doesn't mean that you, you are totally doomed. You know, I talk a lot about HRT on social media, mostly because there's so many myths and misconceptions. And yes, it can be very efficacious and keep you healthy. But one of the things I, I want to really make sure here is that whether it's vaginal health or sexual health or mood or sleep, if there's some other uh, problem that's really affecting your quality of life, we can still work on this. It, it doesn't have to be that HRT is the one and only answer. That's really important for all my listeners and for all women to know. And not only that, but what are the different types of exercises you should do if you went into sudden menopause? What are the different headspace things that you can do to love your new body? So I think that sudden, see, you can already see they're they're so different in this, just two out of the six. <laughs> I love in the book, the, uh, the woman that you used as an example the book that you spoke about or wrote about, um, that when you met with her and discussed and made, she had a plan. When she went into her surgery, she had a plan afterwards so that yeah. it went so much smoother for her. I, I couldn't agree with you more. All the stories in this book are true. They're real patients. Of course, names and professions are changed. Um, but I actually sometimes tell my patients this. I say, I know this is not the, the, you know, the silver lining here of everything that you're going through, but you'll be more prepared than your friends who are going to be bewildered and confused and have all these lingering symptoms for years. I've got a plan for you. You're going to either get your chemo or have your ovaries removed, and we have a plan on the other side. And if that is really comforting. And I hope that this book can help women who are going to actually know they're going into sudden menopause. It sounds weird, but you you might know you're getting your chemo. You might know you're getting your surgery, right? And and feel so much more prepared than, you know, just feeling so lost and then still so anxious about all those things that happened. And we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. And we're back. And then the one that I had. <laughs> yes, full Bridget, throttle. you have <laughs> full throttle. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. So you could share a little bit about that, or you could just look at a picture of me if anybody wants to see this. You know, just what it sounds like, like symptoms from head to toe. Um, You know, it's insomnia, mood changes, irritability, hair thinning, trouble sleeping, trouble focusing, hot flashes, night sweats, vaginal dryness, you know, weight gain, dry skin, dry eyes, dry hair, (laughs) brittle nails. I mean, right. You could just keep going. And it might not have to be all of those, right. But you just kind of feel it from head to toe, just all over. You feel your body really changing. And I give the example of my patient who was um, an orthopedic surgeon, physician's assistant. And, you know, she came into my office uh, in Ohio and she's like, Dr. Hirsch, like, I will get hot flashes in surgery and like my goggles will like, you know, get foggy. And I'm like, this is, this is not okay. And she's like, I know. Um, so, you know, the full throttle in, is interesting because interestingly, and this is just something that I've seen like as a trend, um, by no means is this research oriented. It's really just from my decade of seeing patients. But I often find that with full throttle, it kind of like as fast as it comes on, sometimes it's actually as easy just to turn it off, usually by usually by HRT, if the patient wants to, is willing to, et cetera. It's almost like a little goes a long way. I don't know why. It's just what I've seen over the last decade. It sounds like there's no way that could be easy to treat, but what's so fascinating about full throttle is that oftentimes, you know, there's, there's six or eight different symptoms and patients, you know, go from doctor to doctor, dermatologist, to the sleep study, to the... GYN to the, you know, starting a weight medication to the weight loss clinic. And and it's just because the estrogen has been lost. And it's interesting. It's like the Occam's razor. Sometimes when we replace the estrogen, not always, but sometimes it's like all those eight symptoms, you know, a lot better. Not that life will be perfect or that HRT cures everything, but you know, it can do a lot of things. So Mm -hmm. now we're going to go into my favorite and the one that would have my picture underneath, which is the (laughs) the mind-altering menopause type. And that one is one that kind of is the mood shifts and the brain fog and memory. And as I was reading information in your book about that, one thing that really struck me, which I had not considered before, was you talk about HPO versus HPA which is hypothalamic pituitary ovarian access. So now you've got the ovaries, you've got estrogen. And when your estrogen starts to drop, it goes to almost like an HPA, which is your adrenal glands, which are your stress glands. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, that makes sense why my anxiety went from being crazy to being absolutely like mind-blowing. Can you talk about (laughs) the brain fog that still, I mean, I'm postmenopausal and I'm still not back to where I was before. Can you talk about that one? You know, there's so much of the physiology that we still don't know. But again, as a clinician, as someone who's watched this and 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 sees this firsthand this is such a common um experience and not all women have it to the same degree um and it's interesting i think there might be geographical variations in terms of you know when i lived in boston this was such a big complaint and, you know, it's like a city full of intellectual women. Not that, not that their city is not intellectual, but you know what I mean? I think there's some geographical variations, but the, but the, uh, the thing that I think struck me the most is that for some women, you know, they would say, yeah, yeah, I have some hot flashes, but like, I mean, I can't work function at work. 
I don't feel like myself anymore. All of a sudden, I have depression. I have suicidal ideations. Uh, you know, I've had patients tell me, you know, I I would say the most common thing I hear on on a very serious note is not that I have an actual plan, but like, like you know, if the tree fell on me. Okay, you know, I hear so many, um, and they say I I just was never like that, doctor. Um, or you know, the 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 uh, patient that I used in my book uh, was a professor at at a university, and her whole identity shifted because she really couldn't function at what was her big thing that she loved, and that was her identity, being a professor and grading her papers and quizzing her students and. How embarrassing to be standing in front of a lecture hall talking and then have just completely lose track of what you were saying in the middle of your sentence and and just be in front of, you know, I don't know, 220 year olds. Like I and so it just could really change, you know, um, your productivity, if you're going to stay working, if you're going to retire, if you're gonna leave the workforce. So everything there, I think, is so vital because when we think of menopause, we we kind of sometimes think of the full throttle, right? Hot flashes, night sweats, That we kind of think hot flashes, night sweats, if anything, those two things. And when your symptoms are predominantly brain fog because of increased cortisol and stress hormones, uh, and, and it's a vicious cycle, it just keeps going because you're more stressed because you're more anxious and you're more stressed because you're not productive and you're more stressed because you want to figure out how to retire it's so difficult, you know. I had a I had a patient come to me uh, this time in Boston who is an accountant. I think this is in the story to, in my book too, but you know, these stories just stick out to me because she said, "I quit my job." Um, and I said, "Okay." She said, "I didn't make a mistake. I work for a huge company, and if I make a mistake, this could cost so much." And I just I knew I was going to make a mistake. I knew I couldn't keep up, and so I just retired. What? What significance that is, is that women who are at the peak of their careers, we're so skillful, we have such emotional intelligence, we've worked so hard, we, you know, have raised families and worked and done all of these things, or we've raised families now to have this second stage where we get to um, really focus on our dreams and our goals and to just not feel like it would not be able to do it. It's just such a loss to society, you know, not just the, the woman herself and her family. With patients who are like that, would HRT be recommended? Would they be a good can or is that something that's not necessarily going to help with those symptoms? So the short, the short answer is yes. The short answer is yes. The longer answer is, you know, certainly the guidelines still say that um, SSRIs or SNRIs or you know, medications uh, more for mood. There are some medications that can help with brain function and cognition, like dopamine agonists, things like Wellbutrin, even sometimes stimulants like Concerta or, or Vyvanse. These can all be options. And, you know, most of the evidence base will say these should be first line HRTs, you know, could be a great addition or could be a good second line. Now, in truth, the way I practice is I use a lot of shared decision-making because in reality, I sometimes get patients come to me and say, look, I remember being on Paxil in my 20s. I remember being on Adderall when I was in college. I, I, I didn't like them. I didn't like the side effects. I didn't feel good. It didn't help. And I'm interested about in HRT. And so sometimes, you know, there's just so many different ways you can 
build Miss Mr. Potato Head, right? Like, you know, sometimes I will start with HRT. My patients will say, wow, like because this happened at menopause, that really helped. And sometimes they'll say, but I am still, I'm still just a little bit slower. I say, okay, do you want to try a teeny bit of a Vyvanse or Concerta? Or, you know, of course I always look at diet and lifestyle, but I think as a clinician, as a doctor, you know, I'm, I'm most helpful in making people make bigger decisions with medications that need to be prescribed. So sometimes we work backwards. Sometimes they try HRT and they say, no, that wasn't it. And and so, you know, there's always the textbook answer um, that's, you know, the right answer on the test. But in real life, women come to me with different experiences, different goals. Um, and a lot of my patients nowadays, more with each passing year, I, I actually always ask my patients this. I say, it's kind of a funny question, but I say, do you like, you know, Colleen, Bridget, do you have any guesses or thoughts of what might help you? Because you may have been doing some reading or you may have been doing some researching late at night, you know, and I want to meet you where you are. And lots of times nowadays, my patients say, I'm wondering about progesterone. Would that help me sleep and make my brain fog better? Uh, they bring up things. And so, you know, I like to use a lot of shared decision-making to help with my patients. So that's kind of the short answer. Yes. The longer answer, you know, it's that's really what I get to do with my patients on an individual basis is help them kind of decide. So then the next type is another one that I somewhat experience, I overlap a little, is the seemingly never ending. <laughs> While, um, you know, I am, I'm on the estradiol patch and I take progesterone at night orally, and that has helped tremendously. Could he share a little bit about the never-ending one? Yes. You know, the never-ending, um, there's probably a subset of patients that I see in their, let's say, 60s or maybe that 5 to 12 years since menopause, right? And it's a wide range. And one of the big things... And and maybe it's unlike you who, you know, luckily kind of have been thinking about this for a while and, you know, got to interview a lot of ex experts and things. But, you know, um, one of the things I think here at the seemingly never ending is it's it's clear evidence of like, I hate to say it, but like, you know, the misguidance that women have had or the um, ways that they have sort of been, you know, ignored with their symptoms or never even asked, right? So the subset of patients who's kind of in this like, let's even say five to 15 years since menopause is like, well, I had these hot flashes, but nobody ever said anything to me. No one said there was anything I could do. I just thought they were going to go away over time. This is, these are some of the themes that I see for the never ending is sometimes it's um, just that they never got the chance to talk about it. Um, and sometimes it's also that myth of like, well, my doctor just said it's it's going to go away. And, and you know, or sometimes it's, it's really an issue of uh, prioritizing ourselves because we are so used to as women taking care of our children and I have three of them. And so it's a, so much. And then your parents and your house and your spouse and your pets, I always say that by the time you look down, you're like, it's been since I've had sex because it feels like knives going in my vagina. I, gee, gosh, it's been longer than I, it hasn't been six years. Yep. Six years, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, right. Maybe it's not sex. Maybe it's, you know, um, and all of these things are so normal. I cannot tell you, I, there's nothing that you could say that, that it would 
either shock me because I, I, you know, we are more like, I think in, in the things that happen to our bodies than we, than we think, um, or maybe it's, I haven't slept good since, you know, my, my last baby was born and now it's been two decades and I'm sleeping four hours a night. And actually now it's getting worse. It's like more like, you know, disrupted four hours of sleep and years just go by. Like time is a funny thing. So the seemingly never ending is, is, is these women for whom, you know, the symptom was never so bad that you shook your doctor and you were like, I don't care if you say there's nothing I can do. Like I am dying. Right. It's kind of like they were never that bad, but they either just went ignored or they were just misguided or they really, you know, you know, thought it was just going to go away time has just gone by. Yeah. It's, you know, and then that leads to if time has gone by, the other health issues that can come about, the cardiovascular issues, uh, osteoporosis, osteopenia, all those things that go by. And, And so it's so important to have that addressed in there. It really is. And that's why, you know, kind of back to this point of like, ah, I hope this is a good gift or book club or really shareable so that, you know, and and easy to read so that we don't have to have someone who's, you know, 12 years into menopause sort of saying, gosh, um, I, I, I didn't think there was anything that we could do because I've been saying this a lot more on social media uh, as I get more, uh, confidence, <laughs> I guess, in, in having a more stronger opinions, but that I truly believe that you're going to, you know, your health is going to decline more if you just suffer, right? Because you just are going to develop more chronic diseases. And, and actually, even though it's a natural process, right? Death's a natural process. Childbirth's a natural process. Just because it's natural doesn't mean that suffering is, there's anything good that comes out of it. I don't know where that kind of came from, right? And that treating it is actually so much better for your overall health and whichever ways you decide to treat it. So, you know, that sort of this, the never ending or the seemingly never ending was probably the last one that came to me, the, the types. Uh, and I came up with these types on a plane ride. I don't know where I was going, but I came up with it like <laughs> on a plane, you know, um, but it was kind of like this group of women that had these like more like vague complaints that were just never so bad. And, and that those are the trends that I usually saw. They just were always misguided or misunderstood or misdiagnosed and given wrong and terrible information. And with the last category, which is the silent menopause type that usually most women don't experience, because I think you said 75% of women will have some symptoms, but for that small right. percentage that don't have symptoms that kind of glide through menopause, you do make it a point in the book to say, that's not going to keep you from having challenges as you get older. Can you talk about that? You know, I think this is, um, while well, yes, it's it's probably, you know, rare sort of in between um, not as rare as premature menopause type, but but certainly there are women who don't have symptoms, but their body still changes just that they don't feel it outwardly like Bridget, right? Or like you calling just with like knowing, feeling that brain fog. And so, you know, we talked about this a lot on the Oprah Daily panel. Maria Shriver, really interested in brain health and Lisa Moscone is doing a lot of research in brain health. So we see so many changes to the brain 
despite a woman never having a hot flash, doesn't matter. The brain is still going to change. And of course, you have to be living under a rock to know that your bones don't change, you know, or sorry, sorry that your bones do change. Um, and so your bones health is going to change. And I gave the example of my patient who had a spinal fracture on Thanksgiving, who was, you know, sailed through menopause, playing tennis, doing great, not even like two pounds of weight gain, you know, who is this little unicorn, and then had a spinal fracture. And so one of the things with silent is that because you feel so outside, you may be a little bit less prone to make sure you're getting your routine screening or ask about some of these things that clinicians, you know, really aren't as preventative with. For example, for, for like a bone density, there is guidelines that say if you don't have carry a lot of risk factors, you should do a bone density at age 65. I think that's way too old. And so, you know, it's so important that even if you don't have a hot flash and you're one of those lucky women, um, it doesn't mean that you still, you know, you still, you can't ignore uh, basically tuning up your body. And then there's part three of the book which is a survival plan. And I really yes. appreciated because you kind of were like, okay, here's a list of symptoms, check off, you know, scale of one to five yeah. and then pick three and let's run with those because that's digestible. Women can understand yeah. that. And you give both yeah. hormone and non-hormonal, like I'm not on hormone therapy. It's not that I wouldn't go. I just wouldn't go on. It's just, I haven't felt the need to. But I still have to be aware of my diet, of my exercise, of my brain health, getting out in the sun. Yeah. It's so yeah. digestible what you have there. How did you put that together? You know, these are all things I really do with my patients. Um, one of the things that I do with my patients is I actually, if you've ever seen me as a patient, I say, if I had a magic wand and I could fix your top three symptoms, you know, what would they be? Or I say all sorts of cute things. If, if you had a genie in a bottle, but the prioritization of your symptoms is really helpful um, because then you can kind of start by what is the one that's really bothering me the most, whether it's psychologically or whether it's, you know, the domino that's really kind of really kind of getting everything. And so I have all my patients really do that is list their priorities. And interestingly, because that's what I'm going to kind of mold treatment on or make recommendations on, because if I just, you know, let's say Bridget comes in with full throttle and I leave you with a list of like 20 pages, like that may sound great, but it's not. It, like It's just so overwhelming. You don't really know where you want to start. And then you'd probably rather just take a nap like that. That's what I would do. <laughs> and so, you know, I kind of like doing it in these bite-sized actionable steps. And so that's something, this came from what I really, you know, my decade of, of treating menopause is really helping women prioritize. And interestingly, it changes. So, you know, every time my patients back, I'll say these, where your three priorities are they still? And they're like, well, the sleep's better. Boom, check. Okay, <laughs> now it's libido. Okay, let's move that up to number one. Now let's tackle libido. Um, or maybe it's that, you know, 10 pounds that I want to lose, whereas now I'm sleeping, so I've lost seven. So now I'm running it, like really tackle it. So that is one of the things that I've really helped my patients do is prioritize and watch those prioritizes change. 
And then the other thing I like to do with my patients is called the war mapping. And I, you know, it really kind of sounds like what is the plan where, you know, war mapping you can do for anything, you know, kind of will say, all right, let's repeat your bone density in two years. Let's check your A1C because you had polycystic ovarian syndrome. Let's check your A1C every six months and your cholesterol every six months. And, um, okay. I know you hate mammograms. They hurt, they squeeze, you never want one in your life. Let's do one every two years. Every two years? Okay, great. And so we kind of warm up and think about your health going forward. Because once you feel great or you feel better or you're thriving, you feel good. I wanted to touch on, well, first I wanted to touch on what it was like to be on Oprah. But before we get to that, (laughs) how do you feel about some of the new stuff? I know Fezolanotant was just approved and yes. that's a great option for non-hormonal treatment. There's things coming yes. out now. How do you feel about the movement towards more options for women? It's it's wonderful. It's always going to be wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I mean, so long as, um, you know, what is important to me is, is it FDA approved, which means it's been rigorously studied for its safety and its efficacy. So that's, you know, certainly what I talk about in the book when I'm talking about all types of things. And and hopefully I did a pretty good job of explaining, you know, why FDA approved, that there are FDA approved bioidenticals, which is, you know, the buzzword. Um, so one, that they're FDA approved. And two, you know, there are subsets of women for whom just having, I mean, having options is is so great. There may be women for whom, you know, don't want this or don't want that, or they've tried already this and they want a different classification of medications. That is great. The second thing that's really important to me is 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 also cost. Um, you know, the the hard thing is that, for example, like Vioza, it's it might be expensive when it first comes out, and and we're gonna have to work on reducing costs, and we're gonna have to you know do some advocacy and some probably some marching and some things like that because the the war is not necessarily over yet. The medications, mostly, what I'm seeing, especially if something's FDA approved. I mean, that's like once in a decade. We don't get a lot of new medications for menopause or maybe two or three in a decade, right? Um, like last year, we had, our last decade, we had Duave and we had Addy, which is Flavantarine and Vilesi. So this year we've got Vioza and, and actually Duave is back. I just got word Duave is going to be back um, coming June 2023, which is another... Um, form of HRT. Now, you know, what gets difficult is sort of the -the over-the-counters, the devices, you know, these can be great, um, especially devices are usually safe, but they could just kind of hurt your wallet a little bit. Um, And then, you know, over-the-counters and supplements, it's hard unless it's something tried and true. Um, But oftentimes these are just, you know, maybe repackaged and and the price. So the price point I worry about, and and in the book, I do talk about some of the things that are, you know, probably snake oil that should be avoided. Books like yours, Unlock Your Menopause Type, is going to be a resource that is invaluable for a lot of them. And we appreciate it. And we just hope that the next time we see you, maybe you'll have your own talk show. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk. You know, that's I. I gotta say, I would. I. You know, I would. Uh, that would be so amazing. And every time I bring this up, and I say this, I'm like, don't you think women would tune in to, especially if it's a midlife women's health, and like, you know, everyone's like, everyone always says like, like Dr. Oz. I'm like, not like Dr. Oz. Well, kind of <laughs> yes, but like better and like. And like, more, like not like that, but like kind of like that. <laughs> that's what we all think of, which we're all like, no. But yeah. you know, 
a show that was really based in truth and sincerity and evidence-based that was really for women, you know, oh, oh my gosh, it could be amazing. But thank you guys. I, I am so thankful for all that you are doing because you you are also giving women so much knowledge and access and relatability to what, what it is like to be going through menopause and, you know, all the collective voices putting on these conferences and, you know, getting community. Like, you know, we all have a big, big part to play. And so I'm so lucky that I have what I would consider colleagues like you, you know, in this space, all working together. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Well, we are thrilled as we always are to have Dr. Heather Hirsch on our show. And this was such a great conversation. Make sure that you get her book, Unlock Your Menopause Type. We will be putting up a bonus episode on Friday, so you don't want to miss that. We'll be talking about all things lubricant because, as we say, sex should not hurt, ladies. So we're going to talk about that some more on Friday. But until then, have a great week. We'll talk to you later. Bye.